0: Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we cover 1989's Deep Star Six. Below the surface of the sea, far, far below, in impenetrable darkness, at unimaginable pressure, no form of life we know could possibly exist. Here, there is only silence
1: and the crew of Deep Star Six. Six months at the bottom of the ocean. It's more than I'm bargaining for. They are explorers. Let's bring it aboard and get the hell out of here. What's the matter? You gonna let a few ugly fish you? They are invaders. Okay, boys and girls, don't try this at home.
0: In a world which no human being has ever entered. Sonar contact. Down here?
1: I'd like to go out and take a look. Contact closing. 300 meters. What the hell is that? 250. Look at that mother. 200 meters. 150 meters. I think we're in big trouble, boss. 100 meters. Get the hell out of here. Now, they are about to make a startling discovery.
0: Not all aliens come from space.
1: Star 6. We're going to have to go back down there. I think he'll have our crew. Damn it, there's something in the
0: Save your last breath to scream. Hey, they made it. Deep Star 6. From the creator of Friday the 13th. Deep Star
1: 6. That's the sexiest that movie title has ever been said.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie as I was as I was saying the name of it, all I thought of was like Deep Throat Six. I, I had a lot of different porns, like porn names that were coming through, porno <laughs> names that were coming through my head at the same
1: time. so that was my that was my porno voice. See, so yeah, this is one of many aquatic horror movies that came out in 1989. This
0: film is directed by Sean S. Cunningham. Not Sean Cunningham. Sean S. Cunningham. Who we all know.
1: Friday the 13th. And that other fucking movie we covered. House.
0: House. It's called yeah. House. I already forgot about it's it. It's
1: a very simple <laughs> title. It's all- a
0: forgettable film, so I forgot about it.
1: Jesus. We literally, we literally, we literally just covered that. Alright, you need to calm down. It
0: was two weeks ago because we actually did another movie last week. Witch Trap.
1: Yeah. Witch Trap. The less said about that one the better. Um yeah, this was one of the, like I said, one of the glut of underwater movies that came out in eighty nine. You had this, you had Leviathan, you had The Abyss, you had Lords of the Deep, and another one I think called The Rift, which I think they've actually done a rift tracks on The Rift. But the rest of them weren't quite bad enough that they could uh, fall to the riff tracks level, so they didn't, uh, they didn't do that on the others. And Leviathan I actually quite like, so I think it was the better of the, of the ones that was released that year. Yes, even the Abyss.
0: The film stars a plethora of actors. It is an ensemble cast. We have Matt McCoy, who you're like, who the heck is that? That's the dad from The Hand and Rocks a Cradle. That's how I know him. With the beard. Also,
1: the guy who replaced Steve Guttenberg in Police Academy movies. When Steve Guttenberg was like, you know what? Maybe four is enough. I don't need to come back for five. They decided to get Matt McCoy, who will always be the substitute Guttenberg for me. Cindy
0: Pickett, who I know her from being the mob from Son-in-Law, which I fucking love that movie. Judge me all you want. That movie is hilarious. And uh, Fierce Bueller. Bueller, Bueller, you know, I actually dislike that movie. But that's a whole other, that's for another podcast to cover. Uh, she coincidentally married the guy that played the Ferris Bueller's dad, like her husband <laughs> in the film. She married that dude. And I think they're still together to this day.
1: Wow. Which is pretty wild. And also in the movie, you have uh, Greg Evigan, who you might remember if you're like me, that is old. From BJ and the Bear. That's right. He was BJ, the truck driver who drove across the country with his pet monkey, Bear. That's yeah, not real. That's real. That's Trying real. to avoid the machinations of the evil Sheriff Lobo.
0: No. no, Sheriff Lobo, really? No. Yeah. Yes. No Sheriff and no. Sheriff Lobo. It's
1: real. <laughs> and by the way, Sheriff Lobo got his own spinoff.
0: That's ridiculous. That's... I, I, I have no... I, I don't even know. And my he was brain. also
1: the, one of the dads in mm. My Two Dads. And... With Paul Reiser, who was in Aliens, which is, you know, another horror movie set in a weird environment. So they were, I guess, competing to see who could be. Paul Reiser won that one because he was in the better movie and the better TV show.
0: Set in the, in the other abyss of, of the... In space. Of the planet, you know?
1: And by the way, Greg Evigan's daughter is also in some horror movies, too. She's in that uh, remake of The House on Sorority Row. She's the main one with... Um, in that, along with uh, Demi Moore and Bruce Willis's daughter. So,
0: the film is about some... Uh, <laughs> some uh, U.S. Navy engineers who are on a mission
1: to do some bullshit. They're yeah. setting up a nuclear missile platform underwater. Underwater base, yes.
0: Why? <laughs> um, there's just so many things, I feel like, that could go wrong. And they do go wrong in, in, in this. I love how they... Like, kind of tied in, like, um not 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but random, like, fictional, like, actual fiction bullshit into it to justify the fucking sea creature that we're going to see, you know? Because they reference, like, a oh, novel, yeah. like, a story
1: or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they reference, like, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and some stuff like that. Oh, that was inspired by real events, you know? No, it wasn't.
0: Yeah, we don't fucking know what's under there. We haven't been under, that's why it's just as scary as space. It's undiscovered, okay? No one's going to the depths of the ocean, nor should they. I feel like when you're like, when I see an article... everyone's fucking excited about it wherever it might be Facebook answer oh look at this random weird fucking fish that we found it has one eye and it glows in the dark and it fucking spits out fucking purple fucking you know what no no and no I'm not excited about it I'm like leave that motherfucker where you found him in the deep depths okay we don't need to figure out or find out what's going on down there I don't want to know I don't want even if it turns out to be some like Godzilla shit where it's gonna like take you to like a whole other you know the center of the earth or whatever.
1: a fucking Godzilla movie. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started.
0: I don't wanna know it. I don't wanna know. That's it, the end period. Um The film was actually frustrating. It was a frustrating film because they do some stupid shit and it's oh Miguel Fierro's in the movie. Yeah, that dude. When you see him, you're like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Uh, and he's mate... always a fucking asshole.
1: Yeah, you would recognize him, of course, as the guy from Robocop that got killed by uh, Clarence Boddicker.
0: I fucking hate that guy. As soon as I saw him, I was like, "That motherfucker gonna do something." Mm-mm. Shake my head. He is going to do something terrible.
1: And he does some ridiculous bullshit in this film. He's the worst co-worker ever. He's the guy you always hate to work with because he's always lying and screwing things up and then going, it
0: wasn't me. It wasn't me. I don't want to talk bad about any of the branches of the military, but I'm going to tell you he was not acting like a naval man at all. He was not acting like a Navy, a Navy man. Okay, He was acting like another branch. That's not the Marines. Another branch. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to drop the mic right there. No, no and no. You have to be able to handle. They train you for that shit. One of them was, even the chick was like, what was it? was like a fucking Navy SEAL.
1: Yeah, they just casually referenced it. Oh, yeah, she's the first woman to ever complete the Navy SEAL training program.
0: And then yet she's making stupid, ridiculous things. Number one thing that she did, which was the stupidest thing. There's two, actually two things that that really pissed me off about the movie. One, if you know you're going to go in an underwater base for however long, months, a month, two months, however long it is, six months, a year, whatever, how long it is. You're going to do two things. One, maybe get some birth control. Okay. If you're a woman, get some birth control. Even as the guy, bring some condoms. I mean, what what did I say this movie came out? 1989? Okay, so AIDS, you, you
1: know. You could get condoms in 1989. They no, was, no, they no, were no, around. No, no, I'm just saying, like, everybody knew about them. There wasn't a stigma to them anymore. Like, you didn't have to hold your head down and ask for them behind the counter at the drugstore. You could just go to Walmart and get a bunch of them. In fact, I bet the Navy would have probably just given them some when they're going down there underwater. They probably would have, especially because of the whole stigma.
0: From is from the navy that you know, you what are you like a seaman? Like, yeah, a you're dirty sailor, Exactly, exactly. So, maybe those two things someone should have taken some kind of responsibility because now you're trapping men and women that were attractive, even if they weren't attractive, even if they were just like regular Joe Schmo. Like, you know,
1: look, there's a reason everybody at the base on the thing was a man, okay. Because they knew they were going to have to deal with a baby up there at some point if they dropped even one woman in the midst of all those dudes.
0: Exactly. If you know she was, yeah, um, I can't. Okay.
1: Somebody was getting pregnant up there if they had a woman. So and sure enough, on this, pregnant. Spoiler alert: pregnant. I'm it pregnant. doesn't take long for you to figure out that she's pregnant as soon as she's like, "Oh, I'm going to pass on this shift. I've been sick this morning." Oh, really? Have you? Well, that was a subtle way to get that across. She rolled out of bed after having,
0: you know, after banging the dude. She rolled out of bed and then put her head in the toilet. And I was like, she's pregnant.
1: Yeah. Boom. It didn't take long to figure that shit out. And then, they part of the problem with this movie is that they spend a lot of time just... Like, there's at least a 10-15 minute sequence with two guys. One of whom was in John Carpenter's uh, Prince of Darkness... He's played a scientist in that, too. He's just doomed to always play a scientist because he's a skinny, nerdy-looking dude. But there's just two guys sitting in close quarters together inside the little submarine, looking at the radar screen, going, It's getting closer! It's getting closer! Ah! We're dead. But they did that for ten minutes. (laughs) Like, okay, we get it. A minute of that would have been more than enough. But ten minutes of it was just monotonous. you got to... You don't necessarily have to show the monster right off the bat. I know that there's the whole thing about like, oh, we got to follow the Jaws formula. We don't show the monster until the last act of the movie. Fine, but you can have something going on in the movie other than people just watching radar screens with blips on them. That that's That's neat for about 30 seconds to a minute, and then you're done. Move on.
0: You're underwater, you can do shadows of the fucking creature, you know, with the glimpses of light behind. So you can see kind of like a shape, you know. A face s- looks
1: in the porthole.
0: Something, an eyeball, maybe an eyeball. You just see an eye
1: looking in the porthole.
0: Some kind of shit. We later find out it's a huge vagina attacking them. So, I mean, it was just... Fantastic. Yeah, I,
1: I think they must have watched, like, The Thing in The Abyss. Or, no, I'm sorry, not uh, Leviathan. And were just like, oh, yeah, let's just make it like that. Let's make it like a big crab-slash-vagina monster that's going to come after him.
0: Also, my favorite thing in the movie, and I pointed this out to Shad, and he was like, oh, yeah. Because in the midst of everything that's happening, you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit. You're not really thinking, like, logically at that moment. Like, wait a second. But they bothered me so i had to make a point how in many of the in many scenes once we do see that the you know freaking creature is in the base yeah there's they're in a room and the water's maybe i don't know up to the people's torso okay how is and it's this a creature-
1: crowded room full of shit it's yeah, not like a equipment, big empty room
0: you know all kinds of shit exactly how did this humongous mofo okay this is a huge fucking thing like when it stands up it's literally the height of the damn base like the room
1: so it's at least 12 15 feet long
0: it's huge okay and also let me go and remind you it was in the depths of the sea like in some fucking like volcanic crater shit underground okay so it had a lot of room under there how does it fit in there and the fucking water? And you don't even see a tentacle. You don't even see anything coming. The shadow up moving around from the from the tops of the water. It the water is not high enough to be hiding this huge mofo.
1: Because this was from the director of Friday the Thirteenth, so he always has stealthy shit just pop up in there. Don't you know? Jason would just be at the bottom stairs of like the Empire State Building. They would run all the way to the top, looking behind him not see him. Get up there. He's waiting for him at the top. <laughs> That's because how this he fucking knew monster. Where the was.
0: secret elevator was yo. That's
1: how this monster was. You could be in a room not see anything, but then all of a sudden it would just rip a guy in half <laughs> and you're like, "Holy shit, come on, where was this fucking thing hiding? So, as they were doing, you know I don't even well, let's talk about the worst coworker in the world. Who they say, we're going to have to leave because obviously this creature is attacking. We can't have it getting here. So we're going to get in the sub and we're going to get out of here. We're going to do the smart thing. So, worst worker ever. Let's assign you to deal with all the nuclear missiles. Just figure out a way to deactivate it somehow.
0: Mind you, they spend most of like the beginning of the film, up to this point, really developing that character. That he's a shithead. Everybody hates him, and he never does anything right. Okay?
1: So we assign him to deal with the plethora of nuclear missiles they have.
0: With minimal like instruction,
1: just the assumption that he knows how to fucking do it. So the question comes up, and like on the computer, he pipes in to disable the missiles. And it says, are you disabling these because of a natural event or because of a hostile oppressor? And he goes, hey... Would you say we're disabling these because of hostile oppression? And they're like, yeah, we got to get out of here because there's a creature out there. And he's like, okay, yes, hostile oppressor. Which you would think anyone would think, I bet the computer will blow up the missiles if that's the case because it won't want them to fall into enemy hands, which is exactly what happens. It's like, oh, you are being attacked by a hostile force. We must detonate the missiles. So it blows up. I don't know how many nuclear missiles are on this sled. At one least was one. Enough. One was enough. Which my other question is how far away was the sled that they didn't just get instantly vaporized by the nuclear explosion but far enough away that they just get the huge shockwave from it and everything gets fucked up and that makes their situation even worse. But even then like I thought okay they survived. There's so many problems. There wouldn't have been an EMP that would have knocked out all their power and killed them because there'd be nothing to circulate the air keep them going. When they went outside in the water, the water would all be radioactive. If not, the fact that it was probably like a million degrees from the heat. So, yeah, this is one of those ones that doesn't stand up to a lot of scrutiny when you start looking at the things that are going on.
0: It does not. also, let's, like, not so backtrack, but... <sighs> okay, so one of the things that Michael uh, Miguel Ferrer does in the film is as he's, you know doing his shift and shit goes down. He has a drink literally atop of the electronical board where he fucking does
1: his operating
0: and he knocks it down and it literally short-circuits the whole board. Yeah. Okay?
1: Because no one ever told him, don't keep an open container of liquid above an expensive electronic device.
0: Also, why would he fuck up so much when... And one part of the film, he literally tells a doctor, begs her to take him topside. He is ready to leave. He This is before anything goes down. This is before the shit gets real. He just wanted to get out of there. Someone that wanted to get out of there maybe would, I don't know. Pay attention? Pay attention and not fuck up so much, which would keep you down longer. That would be my logic of it. But, but apparently no. not. No, he was not. He was not thinking with his head at all, and and my other my other, the the part of hilarity for me was when the uh, creature messes up the like first like little mini base that's outside. Yeah, you know where they have to like go to like, the second command base, and he like bangs around and messes everything up, and the Cindy Pickett and the other dude are in there. <laughs> when they go to rescue uh the chicken the chicken when they go to rescue the chick, she's dripping wet, okay she's all wet, and the guy goes to rescue her uh the my two dad's guy. He comes in and he's also wet too because he's like swims into the fucking place because the place is like filling up with water. Yeah. And he's rescues her and he's like, oh, 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 you're so cold and shivering. Let me take off my wet fucking sweater and put it on you. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait, you, built, you had all that buildup for that? Yes, I did because it was fucking stupid. I was just like, what? You're not offering her any fucking comfort. This is a pregnant Navy SEAL lady who just saw some fucking guy die and she's soaking wet she your wet sweater is not gonna make her cold no
1: warm you mean
0: well, i mean warm yes
1: it's just gonna make her colder yeah it's gonna make her colder surely they had an extra jacket somewhere or a blanket i don't know now if he wet would suit. have said
0: um i think we should both get naked and get warm wink wink wink
1: that would have made more sense well that was a different movie <laughs> That She's already
0: the, pregnant and that's the that guy. That was the
1: porn movie you were talking about so earlier. Deep Star 6. It does no, sound, it was Deep Star 69. Deep Star
0: 69.
1: The, that's the name of that
0: one. Um, but, yeah, this is one of those ones that... <laughs> because if you if you see the trailer for this, it's literally all... Um. Oh no, I'm thinking about House. You're thinking of House.
1: House was all the Friday the 13th music. But the same guy, Harry Manfredini, did the music for this, too. So it does sound similar to House and Friday the 13th. That's why I got is.
0: discombobulated. But you know what I think now I have to do? I have to literally make a whole video where I take this trailer, but I put the Friday the 13th music to it like they did in the other trailer.
1: Yeah, and just see how... It's probably gonna be not going to be that much different, to be honest. But yeah, this whole movie is just bad choices, people doing stupid things, and not a lot of character development with them besides the I'm pregnant and I have to get to the top and we gotta save my baby. That's that's the whole plot of it right there.
0: It's the reason why we have a film. Because without any of these things, we wouldn't have this fucking movie to watch. But I have to say at the end of the movie, I wasn't like, oh this was the worst movie I've ever seen. I also wasn't like I need to see this movie again probably will wait maybe 10 more years to see it again.
1: The last time I saw it was when it was in the theater.
0: Yeah, that's that's that, that was a long time ago.
1: Yeah, that was a long time ago.
0: That was a, but in the revisit, what do you take away from it? Cuz I know when we first put this on, which this is streaming on Amazon Prime for free if you have Amazon Prime obviously. Um if you what do you take away from this time because when we were trying to choose a movie and we saw this because we wanted to do an aquatic film and we saw this film your first impression of was, like, eh, I I was like I don't
1: know I don't really re- it was I don't remember being good when I first saw it yeah I well, I remember like really disliking it because I think this one came out first in terms of the of the release of them and I was like eh this is not that great and then I saw Leviathan I loved it Saw The Abyss, liked it. I just liked The Abyss. It wasn't until they put their director's version out that I, I really started liking that one a little better. But, yeah, coming away from it, I'm still kind of like, eh, it's okay. It's not, not, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, the effects are cool. Like, the production design, there's a really cool-looking set. The actors don't do, are not terrible actors. It's just a terrible script giving them terrible things to do. The actors themselves are fine. And this was actually written by a guy named Louis Abernathy, who really only wrote a couple of things. This and uh, a movie in 2002 with Bruce Campbell called Terminal Invasion. And he was actually a friend of James Cameron's. And had, Cameron had asked him, hey, can you get them to hold off on this movie so it doesn't compete with The Abyss? And he said, nah, I I can't do that. And that kind of ended him and Cameron being friends for a long time. Which I think that wasn't a smart choice on his. Because, you know, you should have stayed a little closer to Cameron, dude. Because I think he's in the long run has been the one to be a little more successful than Sean Cunningham. Wow. Because he kind of burned a bridge there that he could have had someone more to work with, you know.
0: Yeah, that's true. I have to say that... um... The creature was designed by Chris Wallace, and he went over to actually be involved with uh, Gremlins and The Fly.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say he did Gremlins and The Fly. He's the one that did all that. Yeah,
0: and partially responsible for creating the Raiders of the Lost Raiders of the Lost Ark melt ah. melting scene. So, I mean, the creature does look. I mean, from the, what you know, watching the movie. The creature looks pretty good. It just kind of looks, you know, like a vagina. But that's just (laughs) me because
1: I'm fucking perverted. So it's when it's open
0: the mouth.
1: Yeah, it's kind of got the weird creepy mouth thing that everything had to have in the 80s.
0: But if you see it, if you were to like really pause the part where they show the creature, um, you can see some elements later used for the fly because the eyes...
1: Well, it had been reused because the Flyer was already out before this. Well, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Well, there you go. So they had just reused some stuff from the Fly. Shit!
0: Why did I think the Fly came out like in '92?
1: No, the Fly was like '86. Really? Yeah. Holy
0: shit! That's amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah. So they probably just reused because back in those days they still used to just reuse stuff constantly. So they probably just used everything they had to just slap it together and make it into one, you know, cheapo creature for this. Because I bet the budget wasn't the same.
0: Now, this ending for the film,
1: it's pretty predictable. and Hilarious green screen in this.
0: Now that I think about it, you are right about the whole Jason popping up because that happens in the end.
1: Yeah. Just like in the end of Friday the 13th when Jason pops out of the water and grabs him. At the end of this one, they're up on the top, they're on the surface, they're in a boat, (gasps) bobbing around, and the creature pops up and grabs them.
0: Like, fucking Jason Voorhees style! Yes! OMG! I didn't even realize it at the second until we're, like, talking about it now. Well,
1: the same thing in Leviathan. Leviathan at the end, too. Remember, they pop up there at the
0: top? Yeah, we made that up. And
1: then, uh, in Leviathan, though, it was just a shark that came after him in the end. You were like, uh, okay. Had sharks and the creature after him at the end of Leviathan.
0: Everybody was coming out.
1: Yeah, it was bad times to be on that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Watching this again, I'm still kind of like, eh. It's not the worst thing ever, but it, it just feels like a... If you were 10 and saw it, you would think you saw a pretty cool monster movie. But when you're older than that, it's kind of like, eh.
0: I'm trying to think with... This would probably be added into like, hey, this is like the first like science fiction film for like a kid. You can like pull... I'm trying to... There wasn't really any... There there's, was a slight sex scene. I would say PG-13.
1: I don't know if this is PG-13, but... I don't remember, but there probably are at the time, but 13 Up can handle this there, easily.
0: Yeah, for sure, 13 Up, because the scene with Nia Peoples... Who, I'm sorry, Nia Peoples is also in the movie, if anyone knows who the hell that is. But the scene with Nia Peoples, um, when she's in the shower and she uh, drags Matt McCoy in there... You know, they don't don't really show her boobs. It's just insinuating. There's a, you know, that goes to like the blackout screen, which is the way they did it.
1: Right. But. Yeah, like I said, this would be a good another like, you know, you want to show some kids a horror movie and you're like, here, let me show you this one. They'll see it when they're 13, think it's pretty cool. But when they watch it again, when they're 22, they'll be like, oh, this is not as cool as I thought it was. Or, or. They'll love it even more it stays with them because they're like,
0: man, I remember this movie I saw and it was so cool, whatever. And then they see it again. They're like, oh, this is my childhood movie. It's the first, you know, science fiction movie I saw and it was amazing. And they still love it. Because that could happen too. Yeah. But, yeah, I give it a two and a half knives.
1: Yeah, i go with that too. Like I said, it's not a horrible movie. It's just there's nothing especially memorable about it, you know? And if... If you had asked me to tell you what happened in this movie before I rewatched it, I would have been like, a sea thing attacks them, underwater <laughs> stuff. I couldn't really remember it. But at least with like with Le- like with Leviathan, I remember a lot about that one because it was similar to the thing. It you know, was a shape changing creature. It was you know creepy, sloppy effects in that one that made you kind of go, oh no. But this one's more of just a straightforward monster underwater coming after people.
0: Yeah, I do like, I mean, the monster that they have in the uh, poster, I mean, that's literally the monster. Like, it doesn't, if you were thinking like, oh, I wonder what the monster look like. It's literally on the poster. You can see it, you know, it's right there. But the tagline is, save your last breath to scream. Oh, no.
1: But I'm underwater, so.
0: Yeah, well, because, and then you did.
1: There you go. If
0: you saved your last breath. And it's the scream. Once you open your mouth, you're dead.
1: Yep, you're gone.
0: So you're dead either way. You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it has pincers. Like it has, like. Uh, uh, uh.
1: Oh yeah, see, I haven't seen that poster. The poster I always saw was the one with the uh, just the uh, bitten in two diver suit. I never saw that one till you're just showing it to me now.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty cool fucking looking poster. I have
1: to say. That's a better poster than the one they use, which is just a bit in half diver suit.
0: Yeah, no, that's not that's not a good poster. I love the little they there aren't a little like, it's not a ship, but what would you call that? A little transporter? A little mini sub thing? Yeah, they're like in a little mini sub at one point. You know, people and well, no, you know what? People do get killed. I mean, obviously the people get killed in this film, but there's some pretty pretty okay kill scenes. There's yeah. some really fucked up ones, like
1: Yeah, there's a couple of messed up ones, but like I said, this movie's not terrible. That's why I'm I'm sticking with a two and a half. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's no, a- I wasn't
0: trying to convince you. I was just thinking about the kill scenes. I'm like, well, this is a horror podcast. we got to get into like, the gruesome part of the... The
1: best one, literally, though, is the guy that gets in the giant diving suit that gets bit in half.
0: Oh, that right there, hands down. No pun intended.
1: It's literally, it is the best one. They just pull the diving suit up out of the water, and they're like, oh, my God, he made it. He made it. Matt McCoy's oh, character. Oh, only half of him made it yeah the bottom half is just dangling out of the bottom is just gore yeah it's that was pretty good but really that's the best one in the movie although they do have a pretty cool the world's worst employee they give him a stick it's like a shark stick that when you stab him with it it shoots like a it's like a co2 thing shoots into him and causes like a big bubble to pop he of course doesn't manage to stick the creature with it he manages to stick one of the other people with it And just, like, pops a giant hole in the side of the guy and just kills him immediately. I'm like, okay, that one was pretty cool, too.
0: There's multiple scenes. I would watch this movie, if you've never seen the film, Amazon Prime, I would watch the film for the kill scenes Uh, and to see the monster, but for the kill scenes because the Michael, uh, I want to call him Michael, Miguel, which is literally Michael in Spanish, right? Miguel Fierro's character he freaks the fuck out, and he's like out, and he fucks all of them over, and he gets into the thing, but he doesn't go into, like, the, uh...
1: Decompression chamber.
0: Decompression chamber. So, there is a very graphic...
1: Scene of him just dying horribly as he ascends. Yes,
0: he's literally, like...
1: Bleeding out of every conv- orifice.
0: Yeah, it's fucking great. Like, it, it's it's a really good scene. And you're like, ow! But you're like, I fucking hate you, guys. Yeah, you were
1: like, enjoy that. Yeah, I hope you enjoy that fancy death. You
0: idiot! You're a fucking idiot! That was me. I was so
1: mad. (laughs) Yeah, he deserved it, though.
0: He did totally deserve it. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our little aquatic horror of Deep Star Six. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned to the horror.